Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we are qualified London Blue Badge tourist guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our website skydemily.com and alexlacey.com plus our dedicated website ladieswholondon.com for show notes and information about us and what we've got going on. Slip. Oh, I got through it, mate. I got through Ooh, it. Oh my gosh, that Woo-hoo. was that was tantalising. That one. <laughs> Intriguing. Hello, how are you? Oh, I am very well. Hello, I'm listeners well. as well. I hope you're well. Hang Hello, on, let's, let's ask them. How are you, listeners? Okay, good, oh, good, lovely, good, yeah, well done, good, sounding good, positive, exciting week. Yeah. Um, have you had an exciting week, Alex? It's been a busy week, <laughs> that's for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been busy. I well, firstly we had our extra podcast episode which came out on Monday. Yep. Hashtag which may save or may the gas not lamps. Still be up there by the time you're listening to this. Yes, um, we could well have been sued by the time uh... we could have been sued. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. Um, and I've also been busy quoting. So I haven't. I don't think I've ever really discussed this, but I have a well. Before COVID, I had a company that did food tours and I've retooled the company to do food tours and events all based around kind of eco-friendly and and local and stuff like that and I've been quoting quite a lot for some events uh, later on in the year so it's been a busy week this week um, Mm. mostly with hopefully work that will come in later in the year. What about you? Good. Exciting. Um, I've had a really good week. I've had a little bit of work, which has been nice. Um, I've also uh, just started back with my running club. Yeah. Um, Really lovely. It's like at night and you run over Tower Bridge, Millennium Bridge, and it's just lovely to see London in the dark. Um, How far did you run today? So it's about 6k. Wow. Mm. Good skills. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a broken woman, but uh, (laughs) mentally. Well, you look glorious. Oh, cheers, babe. You've got, the, you've got the post-running glow. I like oh, it. I've actually got my pyjamas on right now. Brilliant. <laughs> um, well, at least you're nice and clean. True. And of course, this week, we had a rather exciting event, didn't we? We went we to the theatre. We went to the theatre. We went to Southwark Playhouse. With some of our lovely listeners. Hello to everybody who oh. came along. I can't name you all because there was about 20-odd people in total. Uh, but we must give a very particular shout-out uh, to Cathy who 
mess it was sitting next to my friend caroline and they got chatting and kathy said oh we listen and caroline was like oh that's really exciting and then we were in the bar and i got a message an email from kathy afterwards because we were sort of standing there trying to find that we knew there were a few people we hadn't seen in, at the start and uh, she slipped past us and she messaged me and said i was i was too chicken to come and say hi so kathy oh, kathy silly goose we'd have loved to have seen you we really would uh it was just the best night, wasn't oh, it? Oh, my God. I, do you know what? I didn't know what to expect. And it blew me away. So for those who were um, weren't aware of what we were doing, we went to see Operation Mincemeat, which was done by a fantastic theatre company called Spitlip. And they... Oh, I mean, it blew our socks off, didn't it? It did. It just... The emotion was there. There were some really beautiful, poignant, sad bits. And then it was just so funny. It was so quick. There was dancing. There was rapping. There, it was just like... We got oh interrogated by the Nazis. We did. We oh, did. yes. We got, the, <laughs> we got the flashlights in our face. It was like, oh, hello. That was, it was so good. And actually, I got we got a little email from, uh, from Mel B. Not that one, I don't think. Uh, and she said um, that she couldn't make the date we were booked to see but she went to see it with friends and she said it was insane oh. uh from the songs to the clever ways they used the show uh and she wants to see it again already but i have to say i understand it is booked out for the rest of its run but uh mel has said she's heard rumblings they might be taking it to the west end which Ooh. i would be surprised if they didn't because they've had two runs now both of which have been fully sold out and genuinely absolutely amazing um I mean, it was fantastic. Mel also says she'd love it if we could do more episodes on Whitehall and the government. But uh, to be honest, I don't think we need any more drama there at the moment. We'll, uh, <laughs> That's true. Plenty of stuff going on there. But yes, we'll pop that on the list, Mel. And uh, when we get to that, um, we'll try and remember to give you another shout out. But oh my goodness, it was, I mean, brilliant. It really was. And it's it's not often that I will want to see a production immediately again yeah. after I've just watched something. I could have gone straight back in. I could have gone straight back in. And there was a stand innovation as well. Completely yes. um, deserved. It was fantastic. Yeah. I was buzzing afterwards. And it Me was so too. lovely talking to our lovely listeners. And I got a cake. You did get a cake from Stacey. <laughs> Cheers, Stacey. Oh, so my gosh. I the, uh, some people the might remember day. this when we had our was it our one year anniversary i think it was i think yeah. it was wasn't it and lovely stacy one of our listeners sent us a cake and because emily was away and i was going away i basically took the cake and my family and i had it so emily didn't get a look in so stacy brought emily another cake brought me a cake which I wasn't was so expecting sweet. it I, uh, yeah it was fabulous so um, which yeah, i didn't get a look so in much. obviously uh, no but, i ate that the next day with a good cup of tea fabulous yeah great <laughs> So that was a real, uh, just a really, really lovely day out. And I think what we're going to do is do other things like that as well in the future, aren't we? Get together. Oh, we have to. We've yeah. got to plan out in. So much There's so many things that come up when we're talking about different areas and, you know, different stories around yeah. London that are connected to something that's happening, like a festival or, yeah, an area, a little out in. So, yeah, stay and without tuned. And wa- without wanting to go Operation Mince Meat Crazy, there is apparently a film coming out in, I think, March or April. Oh, we've got to have <laughs> a screening. Colin, Colin Firth in it, yeah. We've got to have a screening. <gasps> Maybe we... Oh, now here's a thought. We could either... We could see it all on the same week. Everyone can kind of go and watch it wherever they are in the world. And maybe we see if we can hire a little cinema, a little screen somewhere and have a little Ladies Who London... Blooming now, Alex. I don't know. I don't know. Are we there yet? <laughs> I mean, it'll be like ten seats, but no, let's do it. Well, let's see. Let's see. There's there there are options. There are ideas. Yeah. Or you know, we could kind of say it's playing at this particular cinema. Book on this time, this day. Why downgrade them? 
Oh, that's true. Yeah, we can we can totally hire out yes. like a cinema. Hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, a lot of stuff. And we were thinking about Boy Shaki Meller as well in the summer, weren't we? Yeah, so yeah. Emily and I will have a little chat and put our heads together. Mm, definitely. Get ourselves a little calendar yeah. going. Have you got any uh, shout outs? I do, actually. So we've had a lovely email from a lady called Anne. And hi, Anne. Anne. Last week, we were talking about chocolate houses. And I I mentioned uh, that in the coffee houses, you had a group of men that were called Bloods. And Mm. she said, I just had to stop the podcast and find (laughs) out exactly why they were called Bloods. She was really, really interested. Um, And so she found a little bit of information about how Bloods were these kind of um, these young bucks Right. Fast, foppish men, hot sparks, men of fire. Oh, hello. hello. Is that exciting? They do, don't they? Um, but what is really lovely is Anne ended on saying, love the pod, love the banter, love the personal notes. Altogether, fab. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Anne. We love you too. Anne, so sweet. <laughs> oh, she also said, and thanks for bringing back the pedestal. Yeah, we've had a few people saying thanks for bringing back the pedestal. I think uh, we, we were wrong to get rid of it. We, we have learnt our lesson. We, uh, we've brought it back. And on that note, it's time for this week's episode. Now, slightly different. We've decided that we're oh, going to be on, having. Alex. Oh, we've got a do pod. Oh, we have. That's we what have. I meant. How do and I, on how that do note, I, how do I forget the format of our own flipping podcast? Anyway, I have no idea. Let's pretend that no never idea. happened, but we'll just carry on. Um, so, the podcast pedestal. <laughs> podcast pedestal. Yes. So, last week it was chocolate houses. Yeah. And. Um, you chose what did you choose i picked uh mrs white's chocolate house mm. uh, which then became became uh, white's club and there is a frontage to it that's in the uh was it cabri world did you say yes yes, Birmingham, um, yes because it was such an important place for uh you know sort of the, the start of hot chocolate in uh in london so that's what i went for and you went for so I went for the uh, the ball that I described where there was chocolate falling from the leaves of a yeah. tree. Um, and somebody actually um, on our Instagram went with your choice because they said that, you know, if it was outside, what if it was to rain and all the chocolate would get soaked? See, practicalities. That's what I'm talking about. Practicalities. Um, I think that was... K.I. and Hemi, who said that, I believe. Um, oh, that's and... Keone. She, she came on uh, one of my walks recently. Oh, Keone. Yeah. Oh, fab. Um, but yes, Keone, it was inside, my love. It would have been inside. So there wouldn't but have been any Still, practicalities. Uh, you know, practicalities, I, practicalities. I, li- I like your style. Thank you for the vote. I'll take it. Yes. Yeah, you can take that. Um, She also said that her great-great-grandfather owned a company that manufactured fancy chocolate boxes. Really? Mm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Do we know where? Uh, Bethnal Green. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. From at least the 1920s. So possibly making uh, those fancy chocolate boxes for those fancy devils over in Mayfair who were busy supping it from... From the leaves of trees, as we all do. Absolutely, yeah. So yes, that that was my choice. Chocolate falling from the leaf of a tree, you know, cup underneath, the chocolate going through. Mm. Oh, lovely. I want another hot chocolate now. Yes, Um, I was going to (laughs) say, make one. Yeah, I I might. I'll write in a bit, actually, uh, as I'm editing. Right, so uh, we need to find out who won. Where do you think? How do you think it went this week? I, I think it went my way. Okay. Interesting. 
Um, yes, I just think chocolate fountain, chocolate tree fountain, as I wrote it on the poll, I think that that probably got more votes. Oh, she's quietly confident this week. Very quietly, yes. I, I feel like I'm a, a little teeny tiny ladybird talking right now. <laughs> I'm speaking that quietly. So weird. Um, well, you did win. <gasps> did I? You did. And, oh and fairly decisively God. as well. Uh, 68% to 32%. So that's, 68%? That's, oh, God, I'm so pleased. That's pretty oh, good. If it was 3 nil, that would have just <laughs> been the most depressing thing. Yes, I'm, nope. I'm on the chart. You're on Two the chart. You've, you've scored one against me. Fantastic. Huzzah. 2-1 to you. Right, well, Absolutely. we'll see where it goes this week. Now, talking of this week, we mm. have decided to go uh, slightly different, haven't we? We are going to ha- try and aim for one guest a month mm-hmm. um, to come in and chat about whatever it is. And this week, we talked to the lovely Fiona Lucas, who you will know from f- previous episodes. She's a fellow Blue Badge guide. She's absolutely wonderful. I trained with her, actually, as a guide. And what I loved about Fiona, she won, fun fact, she won the Guide of the Year prize when we uh, mm-hmm. qualified. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, good chops about her. And what I love about Fiona is that she has, she loves the slightly silly. She really grasps onto things that are curious. She notices a lot of things that I don't notice. So she'll she'll take photos in London and she'll notice like reflections and bits and pieces that that a lot of people don't notice. And I love that about Fiona. Her attention to detail is amazing. So. Well, this is um, an interview that we recorded with her yesterday, so the sound is going to be a little different to what you're hearing right now. Um, but we're going to take it away uh, for an interview with Fiona. Excited. So we're very lucky this week because we've got a wonderful guest who some of you have already, well, got to know. Yes. Because this lovely guest has been on a couple of times before. It's Fiona Lucas. Woo! Hello. It's very lovely to be back. So what are we talking about this week? We are talking about one of my favourite people. Yes. Frank Pick. Now it's funny because we had somebody um, who requested that he remain nameless. Uh, Maybe he's got a shady deal going on somewhere, I'm not sure. Maybe it's Frank Pick himself. Oh gosh, can you imagine? From beyond the grave. He's dead, but let's... Um, but he requested uh, that we talk about Frank Pick and the London Underground. And immediately that came up, I thought, whenever this presents itself as an opportunity, <laughs> there's only one person who can talk about him. Well, there might be more, but there's only one there's person I more. want. <laughs> and that is Fiona, because she is... Is it... Now, I think we said this when you came on Global Tea Break back in the day. Is it rude to call you an underground nerd? I oh. don't know because nerd and geek. I don't know. They're, they're cool they're, terms. They're kind of cool. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But also, I do have that thing that like if someone's if someone's really interested in art, nobody says, "Oh, you're a real art nerd." Oh yes, they do. do they? Yes, everybody's an art nerd. I'm okay. a bit of an art nerd. But would you, you know, like uh, for me, I would be like, "Oh, today I'm going to go to the Tate Modern." Would you be like, "Oh, today I'm going to ride the underground"? Not quite. Oh. But I do kind of like I've never done that thing. I haven't been to all the stations, but I kind of think, oh, I should. I should gently work my way round all the stations. Absolutely. Or go and see the. Do you have a, a favourite station? Oh. 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 Oh.
<laughs> well, the one that is regularly voted London's least favourite was Bank, yes. which they're now doing works to. Oh, really? So hopefully oh, it will come better. Okay. Because of the horrible long interchanges and crowded and, mm. yeah. So it should mm. should get better soon. But I feel like there was one tube station that was voted London's favourite. Let me see if I can find it. <gasps> yes, but I want to know what Fiona's yes, favourite is. True. What's your favourite? What makes you go, oh, God, this is lovely. I, I, I'm hopeless at deciding favourites of anything. I've never been able to pick a favourite. So um, Westminster, for its sheer scale and industrialness, mm. and go down those epic escalators. It is very epic. Can, uh, Canary Wharf. Again, yeah, epic, that's a great huge, one. Yeah. You know the new cathedrals, but then there's the like uh, the lovely escalators at St John's Wood, I think, which still has the sort of uplighters oh, and you know the the really uh, classic, yeah, um, and the all the sort of Charles Holden ones, which are like the circular ones where they have the the desk, ticket desk in the middle and things like that and they're oh, just designed they're lovely. They're classic. to be yeah. easy to use that was the whole point of them you just you just sort of flow effortlessly through the ticket hall and buy your ticket and off you go yeah. And, mm. um yeah so they're good for different reasons but that's not frank pick's role in the underground is it well he connects quite a lot with holden they work very much as a team all right well, where do we start with frank pick then well, at the very beginning, at the very beginning, very do you want the very beginning of him? <laughs> <laughs> he started in Spalding in Lincolnshire, but he grew up and he went to school, I think, in York and came to London as a child and found it quite confusing, which is intriguing because one of the things he, it seems like in later life, he um, tries to kind of rationalise London and make it easier to find your way around mm. and, and things. Um, so he works on the right. Re- he trained as a solicitor and did a law degree. Oh, okay. um, and I get the feeling that he was quite a pedantic man, so not really easy to work with. <laughs> mm. but I wonder how ask. that's going to fit into what he ends up doing on the <laughs> tube. Mm. Mm. But attention to detail, yes, mm. definitely mm. important, kind of. Uh, and he starts working for uh, one of the Northern Railway companies, and then moves with his boss to the UERL, which is the company that was running. About three or four different underground lines at that point. So, uh, Yerkes. Have we talked about Yerkes? We've not before? talked about Yerkes. 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 Charles Dyson Yerkes oh. rhymes with turkeys. Was that? That was his, his tagline. Was, that it? was his, I, I don't know if he used it, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so he was the American kind of entrepreneur businessman who started the Piccadilly and the. Bakerloo and the parts of the Northern Line. Because they were originally different companies, weren't they? they? It wasn't one TfL, Transport for London job. It was lots of, sort of subdivided companies. Absolutely. So most of them ran one one line, as we would think it nowadays. The UERL was the United Electric Railways of London. Oh. And it was unusual in that it had more lines and also started buying up bus companies so they could start integrating the services with the buses and yeah. stuff like that um and that um actually part of that comes down to pick as well because he said rather than trying to compete with these other companies we should arrange our services so that we um link in link in and we we all kind of work together to so that we're avoiding duplicating services which makes no sense for anyone yeah so he was Gosh. quite sensible yeah in that can you way. imagine if it was all separate today yeah it would be chaos because you need be absolute chaos. different tickets. Different I mean, tickets. I think it's, if I'm right in thinking, I think it's still a bit like that in Barcelona. Okay. Is it Barcelona? 
Is it Barcelona? Is it Barcelona? Is it Barcelona? There's definitely different tickets Barcelona. for different chunks of... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Welcome, Freddie. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure there are different tickets for different chunks of the line, depending on kind of where you're going. There's different companies. I'm, I'm probably completely wrong, and maybe that's from you know 100 years ago but i seem to remember something know. about yeah. something about last time i was in in barcelona oh. having to make sure i got the right ticket yeah for the right line right but it's not like that in london no. so almost. thanks to frank, frank pick. pick huzzah huzzah so the 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 original shareholders wanted to keep the three lines that the uerl ran separate and pick said no no we should join them together and we should have one identity for all of them and so it's recognizably all the same thing and he started using the word underground with the big u and the big d to be like the branding of all three lines together and then when we get to the 1930s so 1933 is when they all come together all the companies kind of merge into what was then the London Transport Passenger Board. They didn't keep that for long. It became London Transport. <laughs> in fact, the London Passenger Transport Board. They I really think it was originally. They never were very good at, at making snappy titles, were making they? Making things sound no. sexy. Yeah. No. Um, so does that mean that all of these different companies suddenly had to then work under the same roof? Yes. And it was broadly the management of the UERL who kind of become the senior management. So by then, Frank Pick has worked his way up through this other company. And he becomes the new, he's the vice chairman and the, I think it's managing director is his title, I think, something like that. Okay. For the, for the new London transport, effectively. Excellent. Um, and was there a physical building? Like, does it still exist today? Yes. Uh, did they move in straight away? Yeah, they were there straight away. So 1929, uh, Charles Holden designs 55 Broadway. Oh, the right, famous TFL yeah. office, right at St James's Park. Yeah. yeah, just above St James's Park. Yeah, quite, station. It's quite an imposing building, actually, isn't it? It's quite nice. meaty. Yeah, and imagine it when it was new. It was the tallest building in London, apart from St Paul's Cathedral. Wow. Gosh, so it was really. Yeah, oh, wow. and it's not that tall. No, it's not. It, I don't well, think of it as being that tall. I mean, you say that, but I, there are occasions where I've come out of the tube where I've been walking down towards the tube from the park. And you kind of look up, and it is a lot taller than you expect, and a lot taller than any other building around there. And it's kind of set back gradually, yes. so you don't see sort of the full stepped. height. Yeah. It's a sort of cruciform building with a tower in the middle. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's got those statues on the side, isn't it? Is it day and night? Yes. So, um, so Frank Pick and Charles Holden worked a lot together, and Holden kind of commissioned um, Jacob Epstein mm. to do the statues of day and night and the building was fantastically successful and popular statues not so much quite a lot of people slightly offended oh. by them <laughs> by some of the the nudity nakedity of the, oh, oh, the nakedness uh, but intriguingly Frank Pick <coughs> Frank Pick didn't like the statues but he said he supported Charles Holden's right to commission Epstein to do them oh. and he offered to resign over them Oh, come on. Imagine that. Offer to resign. Imagine someone offering to resign over something that somebody else had done, People which have... you, you didn't even agree with, but you thought like the honourable thing would be to resign. People have not resigned for a lot more. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was like ready to leave and this was just the, the easiest way to do so. Um, no, I don't, because he stayed on for, for another 11 years afterwards, mm. kind of, so I think he was... Maybe but, he was but, thinking, oh, if, if he takes me up on it, I get an early bath. I can just go home and watch Netflix. Yeah. The crisis was resolved, you'd be glad to know, because Epstein agreed to chip off a little bit of a statue, oh, of the shit. bit that was offending, <laughs> of the male the statue. The gentleman's quarter. The oh, gentleman's quarter. Big toe. It got, yeah, it got a bit shorter. 
And that wait, that so that, that was all alright. Really? Mm. So people yeah. were offended by the size, the size of it, not seemingly. the fact that it was exposed. It was the size. The size. How generous it had been. I must look up. <laughs> at the statue the next statue time I'm there. Is, I really haven't inspected it enough. Clearly. Yeah, but it's a lot less exciting than a it lot used to less be. Less exciting, yes. Wow. <laughs> used to hit you Sorry. on the head when you were done. That was the problem. <laughs> yeah, but that's still there, isn't it? That's still the head of uh, London Transport. They're not there anymore. Okay, ignore that. I'll, I'll chop that out. <laughs> So, but, oh. but that's no longer the head of London Transport, is it? No, no, they've gone to, they've got various offices there, sort of Blackfriars and Canary Wharf and things like that now, I think. But um, it's it's been a bit uncertain what's going to happen. Probably a hotel, because a lot of it's listed. Really? So they have to keep a lot of the beautifully mm. detailed, lovely art deco kind of field bits mm. of it. Stuff. Another, Another hotel? Another hotel in that area. Madness. <laughs> The, the benefit is there might hopefully be some public access to the nice roof terraces. That oh, they have that would be top, good. Which is and nice. with what some of the more recent hotels have done, if they're in a historic building like Bow Street Magistrates Court, they've actually mm. created a museum out of part of it. So we can cross our fingers and hope that we get to rummage through some lovely old kind of archival stuff. Mm. Yes. Which would be great. That might The trouble is that plan, in a way, is the London Transport Museum is kind of the archives already. So that kind of exists. Don't ruin my dream, Fiona. Sorry. Don't ruin the dream. They might have an offshoot. They might. Let's hope. Let her yeah. rummage for a the branch, archives. A branch line, <laughs> surely. <laughs> so where else yeah. does Frank Pitt come into the changing, apart from bringing everything under one roof, Beyond where else the, the, yes, I'd already forgotten the name of it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not snappy enough for me. No. Um, where else did we hear about Frank Pitt? And in fact, he has the, the, the space that we, we picked for this week was Piccadilly because in Piccadilly, station he has his own memorial to him he does so it's more than just bringing it under one roof isn't it yeah so one of the things about that memorial is it is in the johnston sands font which is the one that we all know as the underground font mm, right. which he commissioned uh so edward johnston was a, a typographer i think is the word is it Something, Something like, like that. that. Let's go. That's a letters um, dude. A letters dude. Yeah. Yes. And so in this again, this idea of branding the thing as one identity, mm. use the same font throughout. Yeah. And he also at one point he went and looked at like platforms of stations, and they were completely chaotic because they had posters everywhere and adverts, and you just couldn't kind of make sense of what was going on. So he went away and he drew up guidelines of like advertising posters should be this big and in-house posters should be this big and all of the in-house ones will have the same font so they're easy to read easy oh, to recognize that attention to detail coming calming isn't it? down mm. the look that and only expression of a, of a platform can be posters right. so that you spread it all out and you make it calmer and easier to read interesting i wonder if um you know if people are studying branding and advertisement if his name comes up a lot mm. today i'm i'm sure it does mm. absolutely and he also um said the station names had to be easier to read so first of all he put them on a on a block with red behind them so there was a kind of red circle like a bullseye behind and mm. then there was the name on the front and then later on he kind of tweaked that to adopt one what was one of the bus logos the general bus company mm. which had started off as a spoked wheel and then other spokes had disappeared oh. and you just get that central bar across a kind of with the wheel behind which is the logo that we all know nowadays of the roundel mm. so it was like the the red bullseye but they kind of hollowed it out to make the circle and the bar mm. and I mean, that's that's one of the best known logos i'd say anywhere in the world it is do you know i started so. kind of collecting pictures of them around the world because Ooh. i've been to a variety of places around the world and seen 
That logo in places you wouldn't expect. I saw it in Nashville. Uh-huh. There was a bar which had that as I can't remember if it was called the London Bar or something, but it had the logo. I was on a train platform in India with yeah. friend of the pod Lee um, and saw it there as well. It's amazing where I think I've seen it in about four or five different places around the world. And you, you look at it and you go, ah, it's the London Underground, immediately. Mm. But you go, it's the London Underground. I suspect people from around the world might just go, ah, oh, it's London. I right. think oh. it probably yeah. represents its, you know, alongside Tower Bridge. And I love that I can see out of your window. Yes. We're sitting in Emily's, uh, Emily's <laughs> palatial apartment with an amazing view over the river and Tower Bridge, which yeah. is so exciting. It's definitely, it's not palatial, guys. It's... <laughs> But a lot of you know, there's <laughs> you like to play it down. Don't say that. They're gonna be like, I'm not honestly, it's it's just a tiny little flat. It's a shack, yep. Yeah. <laughs> but along with the sort of you know, buildings that are iconic of London, I think the the roundel is one of those symbols that mm. also kind of represents London for, for people. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I thought that, that it was meant to represent the front of a, a tube train. Ah, okay. I've never heard that before mm. as it's but, about to hit you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoa that's coming at you. <laughs> well, how did emily look after the train hitter well yeah. not dissimilar to the tube logo actually <laughs> yeah so he was for a while he was also in charge of kind of advertising and publicity mm-hmm. and he thought well we could and actually in the 19 uh 1910s 19 well um, start that sentence again (laughs) the early 1900s when all these lines are opening up and new can 1906 1907 lots of lines open but it's also about the same time you get motorized buses rather than horse-drawn buses so suddenly buses get a lot more efficient and then the tubes aren't getting as much as many passengers as they thought they would because people are using cheaper buses instead So Pick starts advertising things that you can do on the tube, not just commuting. So he's promoting going to the countryside. Mm. Oh, right. I thought you meant like you'd go onto a carriage and there'd be games. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Sudoku carriage. Get yourself a bird. That's amazing. (laughs) Have a games carriage in each. If you want to play Cluedo, there's the back carriage. It's like one big ball pond. Like, wait. to start a ball pool in the back carriage of every tube train. Oh my gosh. Tequila yes. carriage. Yeah. <laughs> Chess. Well, there, yeah. there was a bit of a carriage, wasn't there? Do you remember a few years ago they outlawed drinking, drinking. on public transport? Yes. And the last day Terrible on the day. circle line, the last carriage of every tube train was a party carriage. So you yeah. could go round and round all day and just get absolutely off your face for the last time legally <laughs> on the tube. Yeah. Yeah. And it was still the circle line. The so you yes. could keep going, you could keep going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do more we, of that. We really should. Yeah. Or it'd be illegal now. Do you yeah. get in trouble though? You would now, probably. Mm. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. you were, yeah. Maybe. If you did, if you did a whole party on a tube train, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. But anyway, so to promote all these good things that you could do, and going to the theatre and the cinema and blah blah blah, he commissioned good artists to produce posters, kind of encouraging people to do all this stuff. So the idea that the sort of the, the underground system becomes almost like an art gallery because you have these fantastic uh, graphic designers and artists working on the posters, which are still, you know, still dotted around. And the, the underground still, TFL, still commission quite a lot of works of art, both as permanent works of art for their stations, but also 
like even the little fold-out tube map you get, the front cover of mm. that is commissioned each time from an artist. Oh. So there, and, and it's kind of a bit that nobody really looks at because you pick it up and you open it open to look it at the map. Well. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad, isn't you know, it, really? But you can collect them. You've got a nice collection, haven't you? Oh, I've you? got a few. I'm, I, I, have, I didn't start early enough collecting them, so the ones I've got, I started picking up as you know props to show people. So I've only, since I've been doing an underground walk, which is probably about five or six years, but I've, I've got some of the ones since then, enough to show differences i remember there oh, being some really lovely that. ones and it you know really in, intriguing artistic ones and kind of having the, they use the colors of the lines a lot don't they so they you know yeah. all, all kinds of crazy stuff it's great yeah and there's the tracy emin did one and it's really like if you know her famous works which are quite sort of big and brash and you know mm, interface she did she did some little birds sitting on a branch of a tree and i've discovered more recently for something else i was doing that like small animals and birds for her represent kind of um like uh, uh, sort of religious like spirit or hope or something like that oh, wow. which makes even more sense but also they're sitting on a branch like a branch of a railway mm. so it's it's a really nice they're always very clever well thought out and they're, they're such it's a really delicate drawing as well from her which is lovely. I didn't know that. How often do they change? How often do they commission a new About every six months or so. Oh, wow. Because they, so quite the, often. Because the lines change, like the map changes quite oh, a lot. Oh, next time I grab one. <laughs> yeah. Do we know who is currently... No. The current... Well, it's funny because I've not grabbed one for ages because I just... No, I haven't, no. You know, we know the lines so well Actually. and we do it all on... On City Mapper, I mean, do you not need to app. go to the lovely new stations? Do you not know like Battersea Power Station? Station, you might not know where. It <laughs> <is>. <laughs> what a great in joke, Battersea Power Station. Station, <laughs> tell the lovely folks about that. <laughs> well, so every on the front of every tube station, it says the name of the station and station because that's mm. what it is. It's it's Embankment Station or Hoban Station. Yeah. But the name of Battersea Power Station, station, is <laughs> Battersea Power Station. Station. So on the front, it should say Battersea Power Station, station. It doesn't. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It just says Battersea, Battersea Power, Power station. station. How disappointing. And that, that is that's, disappointing, isn't it? It's not. I mean, and I think Frank Pick would be cross about mm. that. It's, it's the that sort detail. of detail mm. that he would <clears throat> think was not right. Mm. And he did... Um, Churchill at one point asked him to put up some posters during the war that were propaganda of some sort and he said but they're they're not accurate they're not correct I'm not having them on my network really I love Frank Pitt so did he because in quite a few underground stations you see tiles that kind of come off they almost look like reliefs with different kind of images oh yeah things connected to the area like Baker Street yeah. you've got Sherlock and things like that yeah you can find ones with kind of like little swords on or little animals mm. was yeah. he responsible for those not not directly necessarily but he absolutely set the tone of the aesthetic mm. for the entire network mm. and he you know he had sort of guidelines about like the thing about the posters and the font and the, but there were awful lot of things that were kind of set like this is what you do in this thing so i'm sure he was somewhere involved mm. in applauding it. from the grave yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so the the memorial to him it's got a whole variety of words on the wall hasn't it it does now are they linked to him in some particular way they the designers langlands and bell they found those words in his notebooks Oh, and I, I have to admit, I can't get my head around it because it seems to me 
it doesn't fit with what I associate what he would think because the whole piece is called something like it's so they've got eight words or six words and they're in pairs and each each pair has a more than or a less than symbol kind of between them so the whole piece is called beauty is less than that little kind of sideways arrow immortality right and I I would have put the arrow the other way around yeah. from Frank Pick's perspective. So yes. I'm surprised that that's a phrase that he wrote in his notebooks. And and all, like all, I think there's four pairs and they all, I kind of go, really? Is that the right way around? What are the other so, pairs? Do you remember? I can't remember oh. off the top of my head. And this we is could. in Piccadilly Underground Station. Piccadilly Circus. Piccadilly Circus. In, which is one of the donut uh, stations mm-hmm. where you've got that office in the middle again mm-hmm. and then which again Charles Holden designed mm-hmm. and Holden and Pick were both founder members of a thing called the Design and Industries Association which is all about celebrating good design and things being fit for purpose and there is this lovely quote uh, that he said the test of the goodness of a thing is its fitness for use if Aww. it fails on that first test, no amount of ornamentation or finish will make it any better. It will only make it more expensive and more foolish. So maybe the beauty wow. immorality thing is that actually... Uh, no, not immorality. <laughs> Immortality <laughs> makes a lot more sense. So maybe he's actually talking about those extra details that if it doesn't make sense, there's no point making it beautiful if it's not going to stand if the test of time. Yeah. So yes. maybe that's... There you go. And there's also a feeling that if something works well, then that is a form of beauty. Mm. And he was quite very much an admirer of William Morris. And William Morris has that thing about have nothing in your house that is not like beautiful and or useful. Oh, I've never heard that. That's nice. Yeah. I should probably leave my house then. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the other words we've got. So beauty, less than immortality. Utility is less than perfection. And again. Interesting. Goodness is less than righteousness, and truth is less than wisdom. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I'm not sure that fits with what he then said to Churchill. No. And goodness is less... Do you think they've got them around the wrong way? I I mean, they they can't have done... But I do wonder. Can we write to someone? (laughs) (laughs) Dear TFL, can we just change all of these aside? Because, I mean, goodness and righteousness is... They're almost synonyms. Not quite, I suppose, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on some of the words. If you if you kind of have different affinities with those words. So righteousness could be a very good thing, or it could be a quite bad thing. If exactly, you're overly yeah. righteous, that yes. could be a, a bad thing, kind of, somehow. So... I'm not sure about the truth-wisdom thing. No. The only thing I know about truth and wisdom together is that other phrase, which is... What is it? I know that's wisdom and knowledge. That doesn't help. <laughs> knowledge, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting in a fruit salad. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, yeah. Amazing. Can I ask about the um, the oxblood tiles? Yes. Is that pick? No, or was that pick? That's no. earlier. So that's. Um, so we should Let's explain agree. what oxblood tiles are. They're not smeared in oxblood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's what I um, so some underground stations, the front facade, you have these wonderful red gorgeous tiles. Gorgeous, aren't they? Yeah. Gorgeous, oh, I love them. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, if you if you picture a classic central London underground station mm. with kind of arches mm-hmm. and yeah, those glazed sort of glazed brick tiles mm. kind of. Yeah, so they were designed by Leslie Green who worked Green? for the same company, the UERL. Mm. Which is why you get them on the Bakerloo and the Northern Line and the Piccadilly Line kind of. Um and they were they were going up about the same time that Frank Pick was joining the company, so they're right. not him. But there is that same idea of of making the stations look instantly like a, a railway station or mm. an underground station. Mm-hmm. So at a glance, you know what it is. So already that is that idea of of branding, I suppose. I would say it's probably one of the strongest brands in the world. When you think yeah. about, especially given that it's not. Well, I suppose it is a company, but it's not a company in what you would think of. It's not, you know, a Sony or a Facebook or whatever. It is a transport system, mm. yet everybody knows it and everybody knows what it looks like. Yeah. Which and also, is clever. in a city that's as busy, busy as London, you know, you want to point people quickly that don't know London to the underground. So you need a sign that's yes. yeah. quite bold that's... and immediately like, oh, it's over there that yeah. stands out. And also, actually, in later life, Frank Pick did quite a lot of lectures and things about town planning. Mm. So in the 1920s, when they are, the lines are starting to extend out into the countryside, into the sort of new suburbs, but actually the lines went ahead of the suburbs and the suburbs grew where the lines were. Some people have said Pick is to London what Baron Houseman was to Paris in terms of shaping London oh, right. as a city. So London is shaped, certainly North London, is shaped by the underground lines and it was kind of Frank Pick who masterminded where those routes should go. What Frank a legend. Pick, what a ledge. Where is... Oh, sorry. Go no, on. I was going to say, and he uh, worked out how to evacuate kids for World War Two. Oh, that, really? That, he, he did all the planning for the evacuation. Oh, wow. Plan. Oh, my goodness. Because I think uh, partly because he knew the railway systems, but yeah. also he had that attention to detail. Yeah. That you would need to do a job like that amazing and um, well, while we're talking sorry you actually had a question didn't you yeah i was just going to ask where he's buried good question um i did read it earlier on uh golders green i think he lived okay. up near golders green so he's, mm. he's got a blue pack which is his house in golders green oh, he had a memorial service at st peter's is it in eaton square i think the one in belgravia oh nice oh, right. okay. mm. and while we're talking about frank pick and the kind of brand London Underground, we probably should talk a little bit about the map, shouldn't we? <laughs> you know where yeah. I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the map is intriguing because... Um, so Harry Beck was a electrical draftsman. People say, you know, the Underground map is absolutely kind of inspired by electrical drawings. So he squishes bits of it and stretches other bits of it to make it more user-friendly and makes all the lines either horizontal or vertical or diagonal. So it's a, it's not a map, it's a diagram. Mm. But it tells you what to know, what you need to know while you're on the system. So um, 1933, the lines are all coming together. It's all getting, they're all getting bigger and bigger out into the countryside as well. So Harry Beck comes up with this lovely new diagram and takes it to Pick. And Pick says, mm, but that's not, that's not right. That's not what it is. Mm, don't, don't like that. Which is surprising because I would think he'd, he'd err on the side of functionality. Absolutely. Mm. It's the one kind of the moan time when he doesn't quite think this is a good idea. You know. right. <laughs> so anyway, they go ahead with a trial scheme and people love it. And so, it, you know, and, and, and it gets adopted. And as now the style of the underground map is co- 
copied all around the world all sorts of transport networks use that same system but yeah originally pick was not a fan maybe that's our truth is less than wisdom maybe so but Fiona's not buying that. No, no <laughs> from Pick's point of view, truth would be more than wisdom because truth is the geographically accurate map. Yes, but he, he oh, gave into the map, didn't he? He decided that the map was obviously so he better. came round mm, to the wisdom being better. Yes, yes. You're not taking it though, are you? <laughs> no, I've not I convinced can go with her. That. I, can, I can go with that. That's all right. I'm a big yeah. fan of the London Underground map. I used to have a poster of it up my wall. I think a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the standard yeah. Yeah. regular yeah, map. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, and it, I mean, when I became a guide, <laughs> shout out to my mum here, who decided that every present I needed for birthdays and Christmases <laughs> had to be London themed. Spoiler. Well done, Worst mom. gift ever for a London guide. <laughs> um, but she bought me for a while. She bought me everything had the tube map on it because yeah. it makes great kind of covering for stuff. You, you know, I, I have a... I think under my bed I still have like a storage box that has got the map on it. I've got one umbrellas, of those. like there are maps yes, you can I've buy. Got an underground umbrella. Socks. Yeah. I mean anything. Yeah. I mean yeah. you go to the the tourist shops in the middle and you can buy g strings with it on. Not that that's going to get you very far because that's shower it. curtains. Shower curtains. Shower curtains. I mean it's, it it lends itself really nicely to merch, mm. doesn't it? It does, mm. and also it's very much protected. So all of that merch, which is official, is giving money to the to, even when to it's at someone's mm. arse crack. Even then. Are we allowed to say that, Emily? <laughs> of course we've got to said, said a lot worse, Alex. <laughs> so, the, TFL make more money. So I don't know if this is still true. It was certainly true at one point. Actually, probably in the last year, the amount of tickets they've sold, it's probably true again. They make more money from the map than they do from running the really? trains. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Which is quite a thing. So, you know, all of that is feeding into us paying slightly reduced I mean, just think they'd be even more Keep expensive. buying the merch, gang. Keep we want to try it cheaper. <laughs> and right from the beginning, when they started doing the posters, 15% of them were designed to be sold. So they were put up in stations, but they were also seen as a graphic thing and a merchandise mm-hmm. thing, which in 19-whatever-it-was, 20, is, again, it seems like quite a, f- a thing that lots of companies would do now, but it was quite forward-thinking mm. then. And the most popular one to be sold is the one that is advertising the Tate, but it's that version of the tube map with the, the paint tube. Yes. Oh, the, right, And yes. the thick tube yep, lines. Yep, yep. Um, so even the most popular poster is mm. the tube map, even though it's kind of advertising Tate. Something else. Yeah. Tate Britain. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, with the map, as somebody coming into London for the first time, I think it's... It's so good. You very rarely hear anybody say, oh, God, I don't know where I'm going, I'm confused... Mm. Yeah. And also, I think if you, some, some subway systems, and I think Paris is like this, that when you get to the station, what you need to know is the station at the end of the line. Yes. Yeah. To know which direction you're Same going in. Same New York. Yeah. Whereas here, we know north, south, or yeah. east, west. And what I think that means is people who are using the underground to get around also start to get a feel of geographically how London fits together. True. Yeah. Because you know which direction you're going in, mm. broadly speaking. Mm. And if you ask enough people to draw a map of London and superimpose them on top of each other, what you get is the underground map appearing. Yes. Because that's the way we know our way around London. Mm. So it's a... Wow, isn't that funny? And it is interesting because, you know, for people who don't live in London, they come here and generally they'll only be in the centre. They don't need to know where the line splits out past Hammersmith or they don't need to know that you know, the, the, the fast metropolitan line or the slow one. Yeah. 
so you can literally just go go three stops northbound on this line and it's mm. it's easy people get it you don't have to go right go here and you need to be looking for chalk farm or yeah. whatever Morden or whatever or yeah exactly Cheshire you don't to know that mm. yeah you just go north two boom done um, which is super handy. Yeah. And also, like, remembering two station names. So you've got to get yeah. off at St John's Wood, but you need a train that's going to Stanmore. And then it's already, that's confusing. And Stanmore's a bit like Stratford. You might go the wrong way. Yeah. And, oh, it's just, you know. <laughs> and I think if somebody tells you, you know, they're going to a certain place or they live somewhere, instantly I think about the underground map. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going yeah. up there and I'm going, oh, okay, well, I, I can see the colour of the line. I can yeah. see the... what what yeah. kind of train that is and the color coding yes. as well yes. again yeah. that goes back to pick you know it's that mm. thing of making it as easy po- as possible to yeah. use so all that color coding mm. it's one of those things you ask when someone says oh come around whatever and you go uh, or they say oh i live in whatever and you say what line's that on yeah. what is yeah. that jubilee yeah you know so you immediately it's the first thing you tag it yeah. to yeah um and that, i think that's a really powerful tool yeah for yeah, for Londons. Mm. Londons? Londons. Londons. All of the Londons. I couldn't decide Londons. if I was going to say London or Londoners. But I went for Londons. <laughs> Covered off both eventualities. <laughs> good. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, good old Thank pick. you so much. Great. Oh, thank you, Fiona. That was wonderful. What an absolute My treat. pleasure. It's oh. always a delight to, um, to ramble about my favourite people. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Podcast Pedestal. So we've, we've actually done two people. We've done a little bit of Harry Beck and Frank Pick as well. So we probably need to pick our podcast pedestal. Now, neither of us ah. have skin in the game this week. <laughs> so would you like to go first or second, Emily? I'm going to let you pick. Gosh, oh no, Fiona, you can say who should go first okay. in pickage. Or do you want to pick two and <gasps> assign them to each other? Oh, yes, okay, no. you pick your... I think you, need, I think you need to fight your cause okay. for something you believe in. <laughs> All right. She says, avoiding... <laughs> Any form of conflict <laughs> whatsoever. Right, I, I think, think I know what I want to go for. Okay, you go for it because I'm still wavering. The font. Oh. Damn you, woman. Oh. While, <laughs> while you're thinking, yes. I'm just going to say that three people associated with the London Underground have blue packs in London as created by English Heritage, but they're not in the English Heritage <gasps> font. Those three plaques are all in the Underground font. Yes. Oh, amazing. So who have we got? We've obviously got Harry Beck, Holden, Frank Pick. And Holden. Is it Holden? No, Holden? Uh, no. I think it's uh, Lord Ashfield. Oh. I think who was kind of picked oh. boss. Oh, most okay. Of the yeah, bosses um, always get them. And it's in, and what is it, Sands? Johnston Sands. Johnston Sands. That's my pick for Frank Pick this week. Okay. <laughs> Frank Pick. Johnston pick. Sands. My Frank Pick. Not Comic Sands. Not Comic Sands. Oh, no. okay. Johnston Sands. Okay, I'm going to. Oh, I'm going to go with the London Underground Roundel. Very good pick. <laughs> oh, she's not happy. Oh, did you see that? She's just like, Ooh. I'm going to go with the roundel because it's... Right. Look at it this way. The London round, the, um, the roundel is in Johnston Sands. 
Oh, that's true. So if they do go for you, I've also won. You, yeah. Wow. Thanks, Fee. <laughs> wow. Fiona. Fiona. Fine, in my corner over here. I was going to say, no, no, no uh, points of guessing whose side she's on. <laughs> Thanks, Fiona. You can come again. My, top, my, my extra bit for you, that thing about the beginning, about the big U and the big D. Yeah. Just imagine it hitting Emily full in the face now. That's apparently, oh, you know. Oh, come on. <laughs> Did you hear that, listeners? <laughs> so, so some of them have got lines above the rest of the word. So above and below, yeah. you've got a little line, and some of them have got little interruptions in that line as well, which are diamonds. So the big U and the big D are stations, and the rest of the word is the tracks in between in the trunnel. So that's why you've got the lines above and below. It's like the tracks. But then the ones where, where it's a sort of dotted line, the dot is a diamond, which is also the kind of the full stop in Johnson Sands is a diamond. So he picked up the diamond, I think, from the oh. from Randall. This is good knowledge. Yeah, I'm going to go for the roundel being being a sort of (laughs) a uh, you know a a global iconic symbol is what I'm going for. You're just going to go for a local font, aren't you? (laughs) A local font. Did you hear Fiona tell you that three very important people connected to the underground have their blue plaque with that font? That's cool. It's all in London, though. Font that is still in use. How eighty years later? Yeah, been yeah, tweaked yeah, yeah. a little. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's yeah. Still Did you hear that? Report? Eighty years still going strong. Roundel, like whatever. Roundel on a station in India. Hundred years. Hundred years. Hundred years. Hundred years. Oh, years. People have bought the circles. This the competitive edge is even more we're in the same oh, room together like this is can, terrible you know, write an essay and if you want to you can choose the, maybe your essay or dissertation is on the underground what are you going to do for your font you're going to choose Johnson Sands you can get up in the morning and put pants on that have the roundel on you can have your undercrack I'm, un- I'm, I'm physically now <laughs> holding them back <laughs> you can have the roundel on the undercrackers all day they're squaring the off Face to face, it's getting quite <laughs> tense. We should say we are in the same room. cuffs at dawn. Amazing. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so us. much, Fiona. We, thank what an you, absolute Fiona. treat. Absolute it's, treat. It's as ever. It's a joy and a delight to come and join you. Thank and you, you yeah. for having me. Underground tours. Yes. Yeah. Well, not at the moment because while we're still being encouraged to wear masks on the underground and things, actually, that That's would not be great. So the one I do, we go on the trains. We stand on the kind of. So tell us a bit chat. about it because this people may listen to this in a year's time That's when true. we're all up and exactly. running. Up and I get my wonder if she's doing that now. Lovely Fiona. Yes. Well, so in that case, um, it's one that I do through London Walks, so walks.com. And um, it starts at Baker Street uh, because that seems a very good place to start. Mm-hmm. And then we, we mooch around, we go to King's Cross, we go down towards sort of Covent Garden, Leicester Square, and talk about. Um, the the underground, the engineering, some of the people, a bit about the art and stuff, but less art based that one, but a bit about architecture and the way it's the way it influenced London, how important it was during the Second World War. And you get to actually travel on the tube. You get to travel on the tube. You get the drama, the excitement, of the rattle of the trains, oh, the delays, the, the difference of, of the rolling stock <laughs> and the announcements. Do you give everyone a map? I don't. No. Good, good. You should, they're free. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> souvenir. Free much. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a very good plan. Should do that. Fabulous. So if you do want to um, go on one of Fiona's walks, you can get in touch with her at... Um, 
Ooh, there's a question. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll link it in the show notes. But you're Fiona Lucas Guide on and Instagram, Fiona aren't you? Lucas. And that's Lucas with a K. Yes. And uh, Fiona Lucas on Twitter. On Twitter. Fiona Lucas. Yes. Yes. And you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can station, station station. And you can station, check uh, walks.com uh, for if they've got any scheduled um, ones coming up. But they can also, if they wanted to do a private tour, they book can book it as a private one. Absolutely. And then we can do it whenever, whatever time. Whenever you're doing well, like. I say that it's better in the daytime because in the evening, drunk people. Yeah, and the, the station staff aren't quite so excited about big groups of people standing on corners yes. on platforms at, <laughs> in the underground in the evening. Well, there we go. There we go. The Wheel of Destiny. So, yeah, before we leave you, we have one more thing to do. Now, uh, Fiona, would you like the <gasps> do, dubious honour? To spin the wheel. If you'd oh like to. God. Spin the wheel. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Can oh. you tell? I, I can't <laughs> I don't, Nobody has ever spun the wheel before. I haven't even let Nick oh. touch the wheel. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Not even Carmen. I've let Carmen touch it. All right, so, yes, yeah. Carmen's touched it. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. You know, she's quite important. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so shall I? Whenever you're ready. Oh, well, that's <laughs> in a half, yeah. It's landed. Oh, you must have a magic finger. <laughs> ah, it's landed somewhere it's never landed before. Yes, it's landed. I can see it for myself this week. I can tell Emily's not lying. Um, <laughs> it's landed on Tower Hill. Which is what that's one of the new ones that you put yeah, on. I, I should say, actually, it's not landed on Tower Hill because I've only just put it in. Yeah, yeah. It's a tube station. Uh, it is a tube station, right? We're all about Tower Hill tube well station. Done. Come back uh, next week, Fiona. Um, oh, you've got so many things to choose from. Well, now, actually, we did have somebody a couple of weeks ago who asked for... In fact, I think we gave her a shout-out on last week's pod, and I can't remember her name, but we'll remind ourselves for next week, um, that she wanted something on the crown jewels. So this is a perfect opportunity to do that. Ah, yeah. Ah. So... There's lots that we could talk about crown jewel wise, but I want to talk about one very specific thing, which is a diamond, just one diamond, out of all the thousands that are in there, the Kohinoor diamond. Ooh, oh, good story. Because it is a really good story. It's a cursed diamond, everybody. It's cursed. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, just I know. Can you come and do our... the knowledge as well? But... <laughs> can you come and do more jingles can I, can for I, us? Can I just be a foley artist? Yes. And just supply sound effects. Absolutely. How, can you make the noise of a diamond? No, I'm already doing a horse. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, not well, but okay. <laughs> that would be a noise of a diamond. <laughs> what the big Ben chimes? <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, let's let's stop this madness in its tracks. <laughs> Um, next week will be the Kohinoor diamond, the cursed diamond that came all the way from India. Fantastic. So uh, tune in for that one, and we'll double check yeah. who it was that asked us for um, info about crown jewels. And we'll do that. Yeah. Amazing. Nice. Well, yes. thank you so much. Thank you, Fiona. Fiona. Thank you. And thank you to all our lovely listeners. Have a wonderful week, everybody. We will see you next week for a bit of bling. Woo. Take care, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.